Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mongolian Adventures podcast, a place for stories about Mongolia for adventurous kids. Get comfortable, snuggle in, and let's begin. Let's begin. Minjin had chosen shopping, of course. She was a city mouse from birth and wanted some indoor time before any more hiking was going to happen. Bogotold had been beautiful and peaceful and very serene, but Minjin had decided it was a place she wanted to visit, not live or work. After promising to come back again, Minjin had left the cozy treehouse this morning and began the long hike back to the mouse transport spot through the meadow, over the rocks and the stream, and down the long dirt path. The morning air was cool, the sun rising up in the sky. Minjin felt cheerful as she walked. Mornings held the promise of possibilities, and today felt like anything might be possible. The transport whooshed through the city's early morning traffic. Ulaanbaatar was full and alive even at 8 a.m. She reached her stop and jumped off onto the sidewalk with ease. There it was in front of her, the Ichtelgor of Yubi. The building was large and square with a long sign across the front that read, State Department Store. Minjin had never been here, but she knew of it. Everyone did. It was famous for being the oldest, biggest store in Mongolia. She knew there would likely be a lot of mice here looking for a home today. It was always one of the most popular spots. And like where she grew up in Narendhol, the store was divided into different areas. So if you lived there, you had to apply for a specialty. Minjin was looking forward to seeing the shoe area, just so she could compare it to the shoe district where she had grown up in the Zakh. She entered through the front doors where she immediately saw many counters selling makeup and jewelry. She followed the map Tina's mom had gifted her last night and made her way to a hallway off to the side. There she found the small sign that read, Mouse Home Tour Gathering Point, and saw a few mice waiting around. She walked over, putting the map back in her pocket, and smiled at the mice there. Hi, I'm Minjin. Is this the spot for a tour of the Ichtelgor? Hi, Minjin, said a mouse in jeans and a white shirt. He wore a name tag that read, Bilgun. I'm Bilgun, and I will be your tour guide for the day. We'll get started in just a few minutes. Minjin spent the time waiting for any more arrivals, watching the hustle and bustle of the first floor of the store. Humans came in and out with bags. Workers cleaned their goods and chatted with one another. And there were long, tall electric stairs that seemed to carry them up and down to other floors. She wondered if they would have to ride those contraptions as well, or if there were some mice stairs they could take instead. Eventually, Bilkun called the group to order and they began their tour. Minjin was relieved to discover that they would not have to take the scary moving stairs, called escalators, she found, but that there were a whole system of mouse-made hallways and stairs inside the walls. This made traveling around much easier for the mice who lived here and didn't require them to have to worry about escalators or elevators like the humans. Bilgun was an excellent tour guide, showing the mice the different areas of the store and teaching them the history of it as well. 
Minjin learned that the store had been built in 1921 and was modeled after a large department store that had existed in Moscow, Russia as well. It was during a time when Mongolia's government was also communist, so this was the only big store in the whole city. That's why it was often just called the big store. Now the store was owned by a private company called Nomen, even though it wasn't owned by the state, also known as the government anymore. People still called it the State Department Store. Minjin liked thinking about how the store had so many nicknames. She had some, too. Her mom called her Minnie, or MJ. If she was being extra silly, she would call her Minjin Binjin, which always made them giggle. The mice followed Bilkon to the next floor, where he showed them the area where electronics were sold, and there was also a cinema. Minjin let herself daydream about which part of the store she would want to live in if she could. So far, they had seen a section for women's clothing, a section that sold all of the cashmere you could ever want, a section for men's things, a shoe section. Turned out to be much fancier than Minjin's home district. The shoes were displayed like statues in an art museum. Carpets, kitchen things, toys, and now electronics and the movie theater. She liked to think of herself living in the cinema, watching movies each day, but knew she would grow tired of being in the dark. Cashmere would be nice and soft, but also maybe a bit boring with everything being the same. The toy section was much too noisy. All right, everyone, our tour is almost at its end, Bilkun said, bringing Minjin's attention back to him and what he was saying. We'll go up this pathway to the sixth floor, and then it's just there in the food court to see. Up here is the bookstore and the souvenir souvenir area. I will give you all time to explore a bit, and then we'll meet up again for any questions, and you could submit your application for living here if you're interested. With that, Bilkon motioned them forward onto the sixth floor, telling them to return in 30 minutes. Minjin took in the options before her. She could go straight and look at the book section, or she could turn left and have a look at the souvenir center. It seemed like the best option for finding out more about art would be to talk to the mice working in the souvenir center. They might even have some art pieces she could look at. She veered to the left and followed the signs into the souvenir center. It was an expansive area, filled with racks that held traditional Mongolian clothing, scarves, and hats. There were shelves with tiny glass and wooden figurines, felt slippers, and sculptures. There were postcards and paintings, games and t-shirts. Just about any souvenir you could imagine existed here on the sixth floor. Minjin eyed the hand-painted scarves calling her name, but told herself she needed to work on the art mystery before she could shop. She saw a mouse restocking a shelf with more postcards and headed over to ask her about their artwork. Excuse me, she asked. Can I ask you a question? The mouse paused and turned to her. She was wearing a red vest and a pretty black skirt, a Mongolian colored bow on her head. Sure, she said. I'm Inkjin. How can I help you? Minjin took her photo out and explained the mystery to Inkjin, then paused, waiting for her to respond. I can't say I know that exact picture, Inkjin replied thoughtfully, but I do know where you could look. We have a big pile of scraps and incomplete artwork that sits in the storage room. Some of them have been there a long time. You could look through them. <gasps> really? Minjin tried not to squeal. 
I would love that. Inkjin led Minjin back to the storage room and wished her luck, leaving her to a towering stack of papers and scraps that was taller than Minjin herself. It took some balancing, but Minjin began to pull each piece out, examining them and comparing them to her photo. It was slow work, but she enjoyed the feel of each piece in her paws, a sliver of paint or pencil, a glimpse at bigger pieces of work that were no longer whole. They had been discarded, but Minjin liked imagining the beauty of where they had come from, the puzzle they made whole if they could become reunited. Then all of a sudden, in the midst of her thoughts, her eyes settled on a piece of paper that looked as if it fit with her own missing piece. She jumped up from where she was sitting, knocking over the piles of paper she had been sorting, and snatched this new piece up, trying to hold it next to the photo. The piece was obviously larger, seeing as how it wasn't a picture. It was about the size of her whole body, ragged around the edges and torn, but the background color was the same pale orange, and it showed a group of men starting a fire. The trees fit too, matching the ones on her own piece, and the two humans on her piece could be watching the fire starting. They fit! It wasn't the whole thing, but it was a start. Minjin almost yelled with excitement, but managed to just quietly yell to herself, jumping up and down from foot to foot, her tail whipping back and forth. She ran out of the storage room, holding the painting scrap, searching for Inkjin. Inkjin, Inkjin, I found something, she said, as she ran around a shelf and almost right into Inkjin herself. Wow, I'm so glad you were able to find something, Inkjin said. Can I take this with me? Minjin asked as she continued to jump around, her tail shaking back and forth. Oh, I don't know, Inkjin said. You'll need to ask my boss about that. She's the mouse over at the cashier, wearing the name tag that says Dulkun. Minjin took a breath and tried to calm herself down enough to walk over to the cashier. She counted her steps to slow herself down, her excitement threatening to make her want to run in a frenzy. She approached the counter and looked up at the mouse named Dulkun. Hello, my name is Minjin and I'm on a mission to find the missing pieces of this piece of art. She continued her story, filling Dulkun in on where she had been and what she was looking for. Do you think I could take this piece with me, she asked, bringing her story to an end. Dulkun paused and considered Minjin's hopeful face. I guess so, she said. You would need to make sure to tell the art historian that it came from us here at the Ichtalgor. But otherwise, it's just been sitting in that storage room for who knows how long. It's not like we can sell it or do something with it. Yeah, I think you can take it with you. Yes! Minjin let out a cheer as Dulkun laughed. Then she paused. Do you have any idea where the other pieces might have gone? Dulkun shook her head. I'm sorry. In that way, I really have no idea. Those paintings and scraps have come all over and been there for years and years. Minjin said her thanks and skipped out of the souvenir shop holding onto the scrap she had carefully rolled up and placed in her bag with the photo. She had another piece. The morning air had been right. A day of possibilities indeed. Now it was on to the next place for searching. The one Tina's mom had mentioned at Bogodolf. Onward and upward to the big outdoor monument.
Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mongolian Adventures podcast. You can find more information about the podcast as well as lesson plans for educators at www.mongolianadventurespodcast.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Mongolian Adventures Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Mongolian ADV Pod. We'd love for you to draw a picture or create artwork based off of today's story. Send us your pictures at mongolian.adventures.podcast at gmail.com and maybe you'll see it featured on our social media. Until next time! May your adventures be big and your dreams even bigger.